0: Born to die, he might give eternal life that I might live,
1: then rose again. How Welcome to Yankee be? Arnold Ministries. Suite 316, Tampa, Florida 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message.
0: For Jesus saved my soul that night. Today's message is really very, 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 very. Very, very important. Hopefully, you'll see some things that uh, will be a blessing to you. Always trying to explain the scriptures is one of the highlights of my life. I love to tell people how to go to heaven, how to know that they can be sure of going to heaven, because here at Calvary Community Church, we believe that once you trust Christ as Savior, God gives you eternal life, not temporary but eternal life. It means it lasts forever. It means you don't have to do it again. It means you can't lose it so that you can be positive that whether it's today or 10 years from now or 100 years from now, you can know that you're going to heaven. And because of that wonderful, wonderful news, that's why it's called good news, knowing that you're going. You don't have to wait until you die to find out and that God will never take it away from you once you trust him. But the book of First John, and I want you to take your Bible and be turning to the book of First John, you'll find that it's a, a letter to God's children, and this letter to God's children is to let you know that God not only saved you and then leaves you alone and he took a vacation someplace, he wants to be totally involved in your life. He wants you to learn how to walk with Him. Your Heavenly Father even wants you, believe it or not, He wants you to love Him. He wants you to love Him. He wants you to love Him more than anything else in the world. And so He says, I want you to abide with Me. I want you to walk with Me. You see, it's not that God changes His directions. It's that He wants us to go His direction. And He wants us to spend time with Him, get to know Him. So you'll see the words in the Bible talk about if we know him, means if you are loving him, spending time with him, Well, you really get to know the Lord. And you've heard me make this statement over the years that uh, he is more real to me than the clothes I have on my back. It's not just a statement, it's the truth. I know him better than I know my wife, and I've been married to her for almost 60 years. God doesn't change. I, I shouldn't have said that. But anyway... She's in the nursery, so she didn't hear a word I said. Do they hear me in the nursery? They do? Boy, the Lord has given me a wonderful wife. (laughs) I remember the first time she ever got on her knees to me. Yankee, crawl out from under that bed and fight like a man. (laughs) So anyway, in the book of 1 John in chapter 2, Uh, There's some scriptures that tells us, in spite of all that God wants you and I to do for Him and with Him, and that what He wants to do through us, there's people who are going to teach you some things that are a bunch of lies. You see, they gotta come out with teaching you that what God did and what He said wasn't the truth. So it deals with some error that you're going to hear. It would be great if I would understand that, you know, almost 60 years ago when I trusted Christ as my Savior because I believed what Christ did for me and that God gave me eternal life. Now, I should keep believing that all my life because it's the truth. And that truth doesn't change. But lies will come along, questions and doubts that get you to question, number one, that you're His child, And that God doesn't keep his word, and that if you mess up, he could take that eternal life away from you. And so there's lies that we have. So God, in the book of 1 John in chapter 2, is telling us to continue believing what you were told at the beginning. It would be wonderful, because the only way you ever got saved, because you heard what Christ did. So you had to hear that Christ was the Savior of the world that he was the Messiah. Jesus is the Christ. Now in the book of uh, John in chapter 20, verse 31, it says that that I've written these things that you might believe that he is the Christ and that by believing you may have life through his name, the purpose of the whole book of John. Now the same John was used of the Lord to write 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John and the book of Revelation. But here in 1st John there is a distinction of truth. What is the truth? So we have God laying it down for us. So while you're right here in First John, if you just look real quickly there in 1 John chapter 4 and in verse uh, 6. in verse 6 says, We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. Now that means he that knoweth God in a loving way. He that is not of God heareth us not. Now get this. Hereby know we the two things here. Spirit of truth, spirit of error. It means God wants us to learn the word of God so that you can discern truth from error. Because you're going to live according to the way you really believe. Now, so God wants to strip away from your mind all the lies you've been told so that you'll believe The truth, it's called the principle of replacement. You replace the bad thoughts that you've had and the evil thoughts, the wrong thoughts, the lies with the truth of the word of God because the truth shall set you free from the lies. And you have to be able to discern truth from error. And so this is what we have here in the book of 1 John. So look there in your notes here. The era of the Antichrist. Now, we often think of the word Antichrist, that's the one that's supposed to show up in the seven-year tribulation period. That's that bad guy that's going to be the head of this last one-world government and he's going to go into the temple and claim that he's God. And that's ahead of us. No, no, th- th- there's Antichrists that are already in the world. An Antichrist is somebody who doesn't believe that Jesus was who he claimed to be. And they tell a lie about him. And that he didn't really do what he said he did. He paid for all the sins of the world. And there's people, false teachers, who come along and say, no, he didn't pay for all of your sins. And that's why if you get saved today, you're going to have to stay saved by continually keep confessing all of your sins or he'll take that eternal life away from you. That's a lie. That's against Christ. That's against the teaching of what God's Word has to say. And when God says he gives you, he is a free gift, everlasting life, he means just that. Well, look what he says there, and I'll just show you this uh, real quickly. Uh, you'll notice when he makes a statement in verse 25 of chapter 2 this is the promise that he hath promised us. What is that promise? Eternal life. So, but there's false teachers that will come along and say, no, you can lose eternal life. No, you can't lose it. But he says, now there's false teachers. Now, in Jerusalem, there were those that came out from Jerusalem. And I didn't word it exactly the way I should have in the notes there, but uh, they weren't part of the apostles. They were there in Jerusalem and came out from them, but they were not of them. And they were teaching things that were not true. So I want you to take your Bible and look there in this scripture, verse 18. Verse 18 through verse 21. Little children, it is the last time. And ye have heard, Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists teaching false things. Many false teachers. A false teacher has a false message, and that false message is against the true message. If it's against the true message, it's against Christ. So he says, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. In other words, there's false teachers teaching false messages. So take your Bible and turn to the book of Acts in chapter 15. The book of Acts in chapter 15. Now, we're going to be coming back to First John, so don't lose your place there, or you'll cost me a lot of time because I'll have to wait on you. I am not a long winded preacher, you're just slow turners. In the book of Acts, in chapter 15, look there in verse 1. You see, you would think the only ones that ought to be preaching about Jesus Christ and being saved would be the, the true disciples, but no, there were some other disciples. Some, no, not even trusted the Lord. But then they add works to the gospel afterwards. So he says here in verse 1, And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the man of Moses, you cannot be saved. So they're saying, You've got to keep the law in order to be saved. And they taught the brethren. They taught believers. Believers are listening to the wrong teachers. And whenever you listen to the wrong teachers and they got a false message, you're going to believe the wrong thing. And that wrong thing that you believe has to eliminate some truth that God says. So you have to learn enough of the Word of God so that you can use the Word of God to discern between truth and error. And you cannot discern error unless you know the truth. So this is why God wants His children to learn the Word of God. Now, look at another verse while we're right here. Look in verse 5. But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. So in order to keep your salvation, you have to do something else. You're going to have to be circumcised and keep the law of Moses. So it's one thing you've got to keep the law to get saved. That's what's a false message. And you're going to have to live a certain way to keep your salvation. That's false also. Because it falls back upon the person, falls back upon you. A preacher who tells you that the way you live determines where you're going to spend eternity is putting salvation on your shoulders. And if you don't cooperate and you don't live it, then you can't have it. So that's works for salvation in the way they want to cut it. Well, they say, well, if you're really saved, if you're really saved, you're not going to want to go out here and do all these bad things. So you're going to live a good life. And if you don't live it, that's a sign you never really had it. So what are you determining that you're saved by? By your works. And if I don't have these good works, then that proves that I'm not really saved. That's false also. And so that means you you can't sin. Turn from your sin. Stop sinning. So in the book of 1 John in chapter 1 in verse 8, where he talks about also in verse 10, he says, if you say that you have no sin, you deceive yourself and you're a You're a liar. And the truth is not about, that's not true. It's not true. So people who tell you, well, I've been saved for 40 years. I haven't sinned in 40 years. They're lying. Just mark it down. They're lying and they don't understand the gospel. Any person who tells you that you have to stop something in order for God to save you, they're telling you that you don't qualify now. But if you'll stop all those bad things, then you'll qualify and God will save you. That's not true either. Christ died for us while we were yet saints. No. So this is why you need to understand that. Now look in Acts in chapter 15. And look what he says there in uh, verse 19. Wherefore, my sentence is, the pastor of the church there in Jerusalem, that we trouble not them which from the heathen, or Gentiles, are turned to God. There's Jewish people telling the about the Gentiles They don't have to keep the law because the law was given to Moses, and that's to Israel. And so here they are saying, they don't have to. So he makes a statement in verse 24, for as much as we have heard that certain went out from us, this is 1 John chapter 2, they went out from us, have troubled you with words subverting your souls, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law to whom We what? Gave no such commandment. It's not true. It is a lie. So they were teaching the brethren, teaching believers. So look very quickly in the book of Galatians in chapter 1. Galatians in chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. You'll notice there in verse 6. These are people Paul had led to Christ. And so he says here, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ, which is the gospel, into another gospel. He said, but there is not another gospel. But though somebody else wants to try to trouble you and pervert your mind, they're changing the gospel. How do you change the gospel of grace? Add works. You can't change the gospel of grace except by adding works to it. So they're adding work. So you've got to do something. I have so many people tell me, Yankee, yeah, you can't tell me all you've got to do is trust Christ as Savior and you can go to heaven when you die. Why can't I tell you that? That's what God said. You try to make anything else out of that, you don't believe what God says. Then you're calling God a liar. God says it's free. Now, either it's free or it's not free. Grace is either grace or it's not grace. Eternal life is either eternal life or temporary life. It's, you got it until you sin again. What's the value of it? And that's why when you ask somebody where are you going today? Well <laughs> hell if I don't change. Well, I'm trying to do the best I can. I'm hanging in there. I'm going to church and I I I I I if you have to add I to it, forget it. It's not what you do, it's what Christ did. Either you trust in Him or you trust in yourself. And you're not a good person to trust. I wouldn't trust you. Would you trust me? I wouldn't trust me either. I don't trust me. That's why I have to trust Christ as my Savior. So this is why he says, they have been removed from the truth of the gospel. Now go back there to your notes, 1 John in chapter 2. So he makes a statement here in uh, verse 20. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. You see, I don't remember knowing everything. Do you know everything? Well, let me kind of help you a little bit with what he's talking about. Hold your place here, because we're coming back. Now, look in First Corinthians in chapter 2. Remember, you use Scripture to understand Scripture. Scripture will teach the Scriptures. Here in the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 2, you'll notice there a wonderful verse where he talks about, in verse 9, he says, He um, says, I hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But he says, but God hath revealed these things unto us. And as he said there in verse 10, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit of God knows all things, the deep things of God. Now, if I wanted to really know everything about you, if I could have your Spirit come into me, I'd know everything about you. Well, the only way we can know anything about God is the Spirit of God dwell within you, and then the Holy Spirit within you can teach you about God. And he says, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. And so that's why he makes a statement there in verse 11. Then look in verse 12. Now, we have received, not going to, but already have, the day you trusted Christ as your Savior, you were anointed by God. Now, in the Old Testament, they were anointed and they would pour oil on them, and you're down to the king or you're the high priest. But there was an anointing. Well, see, when you trusted Christ as your Savior, you were anointed by God. And that anointing is for a reason, it's already been done. And there's a reason for you and I to receive the Holy Spirit. So he says here in verse 12 Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, which the Spirit, uh, which is of Christ, uh, God. He said, that the Spirit, which is of God, that we might know the things. Now, see, when we go over to the first John and, you know, chapter two, it talks about we know all things because of the anointing, because of the Holy Spirit. This is what he's referring to, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So the Holy Spirit lives within us. That's why when you read in John chapter 14, when he says, and I will ask the Father, Jesus did, and he will give you another comforter, which is... One just like him. And he shall teach you all things. So we have a comforter. He says the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit is to comfort his children by the teaching of the Word of God. So if you obey what God's Word teaches you, then you can be comforted, have peace, joy, love, all the fruit of the Spirit. But if you do not know the Word of God and do not obey the Word of God, then the Holy Spirit becomes a great discomforter to you because He convicts you of sin and righteousness and judgment. He convicts you. And you know, something's not right. Something's missing in my life. And why am I not happy? How come I don't have peace? Why don't I have joy? Why am I so miserable? Well, remember, it's a choice. You can choose to learn the Word of God or well, I'm just too busy. I can't, I can't take the time to go to church and Sunday school and Wednesday night and Sunday night because I'm too smart already. I don't need all that stuff. Okay. But your life sooner or later is going to take its toll because it is not within man that walketh to direct his steps. You need the teaching of the Holy Spirit from the Word of God to guide your life. So he mentions this. Now look what he says down here in verse 14. Which things also we speak, not in words which the man's wisdom teach him, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things by spiritual means. You have to have the Holy Spirit within you to teach you the spiritual things of God, because you cannot know them no other way. Outside of the revelation of God, man could not know anything about God. Jesus might know that there is one, that he has great power, he created the heavens and the earth, but you don't know anything about his character. Now, look what he says in verse 14. The natural man is the lost man. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because these things of God are spiritually discerned. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit of God, you cannot discern it. People who have never trusted Christ as Savior cannot see eternal security. They just can't believe that it's free you got to do something. That's why almost all of your religions teach you got to obey these rules. And if you don't, then you're not going to make it. And almost every religion has got some rules that you got to follow. True Christianity says there are no rules to follow. Salvation is the gift of God. It's not of works lest any man should boast. And you can know right now that you have eternal and know that you're going to heaven because it does not depend upon you whatsoever. You're saved by grace and grace alone. Now, Look there what he says in verse 15. But he that is spiritual, spiritual, not carnally minded, but spiritual, the mature saint of God that knows the word of God, discerneth all things. Yet he cannot be discerned by anybody that doesn't have the Holy Spirit. So the spiritual man can understand things that the lost man can understand. The spiritual man can understand things that other Christians who are not spiritually minded, they can't see it either. And they're easily led astray. And that's why he says that you be not children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine that comes along. Because most Christians are swayed by every wind of doctrine that comes along. And they say, I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't see anything wrong with that. And their problem is they they don't see. They're right. They don't see. And so now look in verse 16. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. You see, God has taken His mind and put it into the Scriptures. So when you study the Scriptures, you're studying the mind of God. You're learning how God thinks, how your Heavenly Father thinks, and what He thinks about His children. Now go back to the book of 1 John in chapter 2. So there is the unction or the anointing in verse 20 that says, when you trusted Christ as your Savior... We have an unction from the Holy One. And it also makes us say, we have all received the baptism of the Holy Spirit when you trusted Christ as your Savior that has been done. Now, in verse 22 and 23, who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist, that denieth the Father and the Son. You see, we're supposed to believe that not just Jesus, but that Jesus is the Christ. The Christ was a name that was mentioned in the Old Testament that was going to be the payment for the sins of the world. So when you believe that God the Father sent God the Son and the Son was the Christ that made the payment for the sins, all the sins of all the world and if you don't believe that then you teach it and believe in error. How many of our sins did Christ paid for? All of our sins. All our iniquity was laid upon Him. All. That means that the payment that He made was once and for all. And not just for us, but He says in chapter 2, in verse 2, He says, and not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And so there's people who will not believe. And if they don't believe this, seed, then God says they're a liar. They're not telling the truth. So any person who teaches that you can be saved today and lose it tomorrow because you committed some sin... Well, didn't Christ pay for that too? Did he or not? They say, then God will take away your salvation. You've lost your salvation. Now you're going to hell. That's a lie. It's not the truth. See, the word of God is given to us in such a way that we want to know what he says about all these issues. God's word already has declared it so that you and I can understand it and believe it. Look in verse 23. Whoso denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledges the Son hath the Father. So these are some things to keep in mind. Now in your notes there, number one, he is a liar. He is the Antichrist. He hath not the Father. Get this. Number one, Christ, they say, did not pay for all of our sins. And number two, he really didn't give you eternal life. Those are two of the main lies. And so adding words causes a person to question or to doubt their salvation. How many of you in here really believe it? right now? You know, you believe, you have eternal security, and you know that you're going to heaven when you die. Let me see your hand. All right, put your hand up. If you couldn't honestly raise your hand, probably some of you can't get it up. I don't know how old you are. Or you got arthritis real bad. But there might be a reason But if you have not trusted Christ as Savior and you could not raise your hand, you really don't know where you're going when you die. If you can't say, I know I have eternal life, then you don't know you're going to heaven when you die. It's impossible to know. You may hope and think and guess, but you cannot know. The next scripture, verses 24. Look in verse 24. And it says, Let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning, if that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye shall also continue in the Son and in the Father. Said, "Boy, that's compliment. That shows you got to continue. You got to keep enduring to the end and keep working for it." No, that's reading into all of it. It didn't say context, context, context. And you'll notice what he says. There. Just look very quickly there in verse fourteen of chapter two. Verse fourteen. I have written unto you fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men, because, and here's three words, ye are strong. Why are they strong? Look at the rest part of that verse. Why are they strong? The word of God does what? Abideth in you. So if you will abide in the word and the word abides in you, then you can be strong. And if it doesn't abide in you and you don't abide in the Word, then you're not going to be strong. You're going to be a weak Christian. Amazing grace
1: amazes me. Dr. Arnold has many items to help you in your walk with Jesus the Lord, including videos, books, tracks, outlines I to hundreds of sermons, over 4,000 radio messages, and preaching schedule. Once again, feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to Yankee at YankeeArnold.com and he will respond as quickly as possible. That's Yankee at YankeeArnold.com You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at YankeeArnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries 7028 West Waters Avenue Suite 316 Tampa, Florida 33634 that's 7028 West Waters Amazing Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family.
0: Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today. And every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up.
1: Amazing grace amazes me.